Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Lectures by Grace. Tonight is Learner's Lounge Thursday. We welcome you, oh, we welcome you into the Apple Valley Studio. Tonight is Thursday, the 11th of November, 2021. Happy Veterans Day to everybody who is a veteran in your own right. Those who served in the military, we do salute you. We thank you very much for all of your hard work and your services. Thank you. Thank you and thank you again. We say we salute you. Absolutely, we do salute you. Tremendously. It's beautiful. So, Thursday, Learner's Lounge Thursday today. And this is the night that we have our weekly food for the soul. 
Bible study sessions where we do learn from the word of God, from the men of God, giving us what thus saith the Lord. So that's really much it for Learner's Lounge. We just, we learn, learn, and learn. And, of course, the Bible does say my people perish for lack of knowledge. So it is excellent that we're able to listen to the man of God teaching the word of God from the Lord himself. Now, every week on Wednesdays, you know, and Thursdays, it's inspiration time. So tonight, I wanted to talk about the Beatitudes. The Beatitudes are blessed sayings that come from the opening verses of the famous Sermon on the Mount, which was delivered by Jesus Christ himself and recorded in Matthew chapter 5, verses 3 through 12. This is here where Jesus is stating several blessings, each beginning with the phrase, blessed are, similar to declarations that appear in Jesus' Sermon on the Plain, which comes out of Luke chapter 6, verses 23-23. Each and every saying speaks of a blessing or divine favor that will be bestowed on the person who possesses a certain character quality. Now, the beatitude meaning, now this is just talking about the beatitudes and how the blessings God has poured down for us. The word beatitude comes from the Latin word, Beatitudo, meaning blessedness. The phrase blessed are in each beatitude implies a current state of happiness. Talked about that yesterday. And well-being. This expression has held a powerful meaning of divine joy and perfect happiness. Play on play words from yesterday. To the people of Christ's day. In other words, Jesus was saying divinely happy and fortunate are those who possess these inward qualities. While speaking of a current blessedness, each pronouncement also promised a future reward. The Beatitudes introduced are a set are there for setting the tone for Jesus' Sermon on the Mount by emphasizing the humble state of humans and the righteousness of God. Each Beatitude depicts the ideal heart condition of a citizen of God's kingdom that is idealistic and the state the believer experiences abundant spiritual blessings so this is awesome this is my inspiration for tonight that you guys will have an opportunity to learn about being blessed and happy blessed are the merciful for they will be shown mercy we reap what we sow those who demonstrate mercy will receive mercy likewise those who have received great mercy will show great mercy Mercy is shown through forgiveness, kindness, and compassion towards others. That's awesome. That's just a sample of what the beatitude is. Blessed are those who are reconciled to God through Jesus Christ and bring the same message of reconciliation to others. All who have peace with God are his children. That is so awesome. When you have time, you guys, check out the beatitudes. Read about them. Learn about them. You know, they have a lot of good stuff in it. And it also depicts how we can be, how we ought to be. That is awesome. So, yes, definitely do that in your spare time. Read the Bible. Read, research, gain an understanding. So I hope you guys enjoyed my inspiration today on the Beatitudes. I just wanted to inspire you guys today by letting you guys know when God had a sermon on the mount that, yes, he was able to talk about blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they'll be filled. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. 
Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So that's just a little inspiration for the Beatitudes. That was my topic of choice tonight, but I'm not the keynote teacher for tonight. The doctor is in, and he will be breaking down the religious walls tonight. He will be teaching us what thus saith the Lord. So if you are ready to learn, learn, learn in the lounge, then please get out a pencil and a piece of paper and your sword, and let us worship together and learn, learn, learn in the lounge. Ladies and gentlemen, the doctor is in, and he's ready to teach with us now. God bless everybody. God bless you tonight. Amen. Thank you again, Kitasha, for holding curtain words on Beatitude tonight. If you apply yourself to those words, amen, you can certainly develop the man, amen, as we're living in these days and times. We're going to the word of God tonight, amen. In the book of Romans, the sixth chapter, verse 11 through 14. And Romans 12, 1 and 2, 1 Corinthians 6, 15 and 20. Romans 6, 11 and 14 tell us, Likewise, reckon ye also yourself to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God. Through Jesus our Lord. Let no sin therefore range in your mortal body. Obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. For yield yourself unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall have no dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewingness of your mind, that ye might prove what 
is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. First Corinthians six and fifteen twenty says, Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Should I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of an harlot? God forbid. What? Know ye not that he which is John to an harlot is one body? For T.W.O. says he shall be one flesh. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Flee fornication. Every sin a man does is without the body. But he that committed fornication sins against his own body. What? Know ye not? that your bodies is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and ye are not your own, for you are bought with a price. Wherefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which is of God. Tonight, amen, we're going to talk about the holiness of the body. Romans letting us know tonight that likewise reckon ye also yourself to be dead. Now we're speaking to Christians. And I, I'm not talking about, amen, people that is confessing salvation, but I'm talking about people that really know what Christianity really is. Those that have come out of the world and gave their lives to Jesus, I'm speaking to Christians. Say so we are dead indeed to sin. Don't sin to live in their lives. No Christian want to live on the very edge of sin. But alive unto God, we want to be alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. God is not the God of the dead, but he is the God of the living. We are alive in Christ Jesus. The writer let us know, let not sin therefore range in your mortal body, if thou is any sin come in you, and you happen to fall some kind of way, don't let it stay there. Repent of that sin. Be restored through repentance back into holiness. Don't let sin range in your mouth about it, that you should obey it. Don't obey sin. Don't obey sin. The world is full of sin. 
But don't you, a, a Christian, a born-again believer that has been purchased by the blood of Jesus, don't obey sin. Yet, in the lust, sin is a lustful thing. Sin desires. Sin want to make us think evil, think dirty, and do wrong things. But a Christian should not yield your members to instruments of unrighteousness. We don't have any business as God's people yielding our members unto unrighteousness. The meaning of holiness. Is dead to sin. When you say that I am holy, you are saying I am dead to sin. Sin does not any longer range in my mortal body that I should obey it in the lust thereof. Or you're saying sin against the body. Sin is always going to try to come and invade our bodies, and our minds. But I believe the Bible says that we are not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewingness of your mind. If the Lord has renewed your mind, we ought to be transferred. You know, spring is the time, amen, of the year when people, they may plant vegetables in their garden and they plant seeds. They expect them to produce fruit, all kinds of fruit. So God desired for his people to dedicate their life wholeheartedly to him. Paul, as he wrote, that too often our lives to God is reasonable service. That's Romans 12 and 1. We are to commit ourselves to a lifestyle that pursues spiritual things and that rejects all worldly things. A Christian life ought to have his mind elevated, set your affection on things above and not on the things of this earth. Cannot you see, amen, this earth is slowly drifting from us? And your mind is stood fast on earthly things. Wake up, my beloved. Set your mind on heavenly things. Well, we are going into eternity, not into time. This let us know, amen, the Christian to outward holiness. 
people say there is nothing to outwardly appearance. To a real believer, there is something to an outward appearance. You ought to want to be dressed right on the outside as well as you do on the inside. How we appear unto God and the world through our dress. People today call themselves Christian. They dress. Some are just any kind of way. But when you respect yourself and you respect God, you won't dress no any kind of way. You won't live no any kind of way if you really hold it. Your hour appears. It's just as important as your envelope here. In a lesson about hourly holiness, however, we must first acknowledge that true holiness begins inwardly. See, if you got it on the inside, you're going to produce it on the outside. You don't have to, amen, tell people about how they dress. If it's on the inside condemns you, you're going to dress, amen, appropriately and act appropriately on the outside. Mark seven twenty one tell us, far from within, out of the heart of man, it perceives its evil thoughts. That's within a man comes evil thoughts. He thinks about adultery. He thinks about fornication. He thinks about murder, theft, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness. And evil eyes. Think about blasphemy. Think about pride and foolishness. All of these evil things come from within, and it defiles a man. That's what a man, man thinks about. It is a mistake, amen, however, to reason, as some do that, since God knows our heart, he knows how much we love him. And therefore, it is not necessary necessary to exercise our hourly holiness. That's what some people think. But God does know our heart. Affection of our heart was set up to please him, then we will desire to do all we can to please and to serve him. If we really love the Lord, we're going to do all we can to please and serve him. Holy and a hollow 
are two words or similarly significant in the life of a Christian. Being holy requires that a person serve God wholeheartedly. God wants a people who are completely full and sincerely and dedicated to him. He don't want no foolishness. He wants somebody real to please him. He will desire even the thing which might appear evil. It don't have to be evil, but if it looks evil, You don't want to do it. If it just appears that it's wrong, you don't want to have no part with it because you want to please God. I wonder are we living a holy life, a real sanctified life, a life that is pleasing unto God. Our creator, our maker, our master. Are we really pleasing him? 